Welcome to the weekly podcast of the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. VOH Radio brings an in-depth understanding of the scriptures prophetically, rich revelation of the early church apostolic fathers, and biblical interpretation of the biggest news and political stories of our day. Take VOH Radio with you on the go. Listen on demand weekly. New programs released every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, TuneIn, and more. To partner with us, please go to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Or email us at radio at voh.church. You know, when I think about the growing impact of the Voice of Healing Radio, I think about all those throughout the world who have reached out to us to tell us about the radical changes in their lives and a desire to go deeper in the Word of God. There's a passion to see Jesus more than ever before. And we want to invite you to partner with us to continue sending this gospel that's transforming lives and so many people to the nations. For the gift of $50 or more, we would like to send you the VOH Radio hat And for your gift of $100 or more, we want to send you the VOH hat and hoodie featuring a quote from one of the favorite early church fathers, Origin. This is our gift to you for partnering with us to take VOH Radio to the world. Visit voh.church slash radio to donate now. You're listening to The Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. Blessings. This is Mike Petro with VOH Radio. It's good to have you with us this afternoon, and many things, as I've said before, happening in our nation or happening around the world. We are looking at a time and a season within the body of Christ that many Christians don't realize that the early church literally prophesied about our time. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Sylvain Jolly from Quebec, Canada. How are you doing, Sylvain? I'm doing very, very good, Apostle, and it's good to be here once again. Praise God. Um, You know, we were talking about on the show, uh, the last show that we did, about, uh, you know, the move of God, things happening, and people not realizing. But, you know, the early church literally uh, talked about how that a day was equal to a thousand years and a thousand years was equal to a day. Many of the early church fathers. And when I say early church fathers, you know, I'm talking about uh, people that were um, the sons of the apostles, that first generation of uh, prophetic voices in the church. And they literally believed that the time frame uh, had to do with the days of creation and that that revelation um, coming to the church was a, a time frame of uh, a thousand years. Um, Wikipedia says this, the millennium day theory, uh, we know the millennium is a thousand years, or the Sabbath millennium theory is a theory in Christian eschatology in which the second coming of Christ will occur 6,000 years after the creation of mankind followed by 1,000 years of peace and harmony. It is a very popular belief among certain premillennialists who uh, usually promote early earth creationism. 
The view takes the stance that each millennium is actually a day or a day is equal to a thousand years. According to God, it is found in Psalms 90 verse 4 and 2 Peter 3, 8. And that eventually, at the end of 6,000 years, since the creation, Jesus will return. It teaches that the seventh millennium is actually called the Sabbath millennium by which Jesus will ultimately set up his perfect kingdom. Amen. Early premillennialists include, these are all the men that believed in this. Barnabas, who was the disciple of Paul. Papias, Methodus, who was in the first hundred years of the church, like Tantius, another one. Commandotius, Theophilus, Tertullian, he's within the second hundred years of the church. Mileto, Hippolytus of Rome, again, he's in the first 150 years of the church. Victorious of, of Padu, uh, who you're going to quote here in a little bit. Many of these theologians, others in the early church express their belief in premillennialism. So here you see all these men. Now, these men, all these men that I just quoted their name, they were all within the first 100 250 years of the church. And it's an amazing uh, understanding because uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read one thing here and I'm going to get into this with you, uh, Sylvan. I know uh, it's a topic you and I have talked about before. Barnabas says this in chapter 13 of his writing, which in the book of Barnabas was also read throughout all the churches in Asia and in uh, Europe. Consider my children, what this signifies, and he's talking about a day is equal to a 1,000 years. He finished them in six days. The meaning of it is this, that in 6,000 years, the Lord God will bring all things to an end. For with him one day is as a 1,000 years, as he himself testifies, saying, Behold, this day shall be as a 1,000 years, shall all things be accomplished. And what he saith is this, that he rested on the seventh day. God, meaning this, that when his son shall come, and abolish the season of the wicked one, and judge the ungodly, and shall change the sun, the moon, and the stars. Then he shall gloriously rest in that seventh day. He adds, lastly, you shall sanctify it with clean hands and a pure heart, where we are greatly deceived. If we imagine that anyone can now sanctify that day which God has made holy without having a pure heart in all things, brother, not some things, all things, Behold, therefore, he will then truly sanctify it with a blessed rest. When we, the church, having received the righteous promise, when false teachers shall be no more, and all things being renewed by the Lord, we shall be able to sanctify it, being ourselves first made holy. Lastly, he says, is this. He says that your new moons and your Sabbaths, I cannot bear them consider what this means. So he said that we are going to be the ones that will sanctify that new day. And for those of you that have heard this for the first time, I've mentioned this many times on this program, our eschatology biblically tells us from the time of Adam till the time of Jesus is 4,000 years. So from Adam to Jesus is 4,000 years or four days. And from Jesus till now is 2,000 years or two days. 
So four plus two is 6,000 years. We're there. So it's time for people to wake up. Amen, brother? Amen. Absolutely. You know, um, there's three uh, kinds of kingdom. You know, there's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of priesthood. You know, the kingdom of God is where, you know, God has chosen Israel. You know, in the kingdom of, you know, heaven, that's when Jesus says, you know, the kingdom's within you. You know, meaning, you know, the uh, mystery uh, of the kingdom revealed, you know, in us by Jesus. And he has chosen his apostle. Amen. You know, and now, you know, God wants us to become, you know, uh, his kingdom, the kingdom of the priesthood. And that's exactly where we're going, uh, you know, talking about what I, you know, hearing you saying, you know, uh, about, you know, the transition that we're going right now, you know, into mm -hmm. that rest. And uh, we're going to sanctify that rest, you know. So uh, God's going to choose his, uh, his, his remnant to be, you know, the kingdom of priesthood. And, 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 and that's and that, where and that is taught in the book of Revelations over and over. Yeah. Now we have a kingdom of king priests. So we see that in the apocalypse yeah. that now there's king yeah. priests in the earth. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, exactly that, you know, and that's where we're, uh, we're aiming for. And that's where, I mean, that's where we are right now. You know, it's just a transition that's we're, that we're going to go through, you know, but uh, as you were talking about, you know, the, uh, early church, you know, Father, uh, you know, uh, there's Victorianists when you talked about Revelation chapter 7, uh, verse uh, 1 to 17, when it says in chapter uh, 7 and verse 2, it says, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. So you speak of Elijah the prophet who is the precursor of the time of Antichrist. You know, I'm just reading what he's quoting here. And, and For the restoration and... Can you tell every can you tell everybody who you're quoting right now? I'm quoting Victorinus, if I say that right. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Victorinus. So he speaks of Elijah, the prophet who is uh, the precursor of the time of Antichrist. And we're definitely in the time of the Antichrist right now. So for the it's a system, you know, of course, you know, so for the restoration and establishment of the churches from the great and intolerable persecution. So we read that these things are predicted in the opening of the Old and New Testament. For you saw by Malachi, Lo, I will send you Elijah the Tishbite to turn the hearts of the father to the children according to the time of calling the recall uh, the Jew. Uh, to the faith of the people that succeed them. And to that end, he shows, as we have said, that the number of those that shall believe of the Jew and of the nations is a great multitude. And again, we speak about multitude, like Joel will speak about multitude, which no man was able to number. Moreover, we read in the gospel that the prayers of the church are sent from heaven by an angel, and that they are received against, uh, against wrath, and that the kingdom of Antichrist is cast out and extinguished by a holy angel, or Esau, uh, Esau, he says, pray that he enter into 
pray that he enter not into temptation, for there shall be a great affliction, such as has not been from the beginning of the word, the world, and except the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh shall be saved. Therefore, he shall send this seven great archangels to smite the kingdom of Antichrist, for he himself also thus says that the Son of Man shall send his messenger, and they shall gather together his elect from the four corners of the wind, from one end of heaven, even to the other hand, therefore. For moreover, it precisely says by the prophet, then shall this be peace for our land, and there shall arise in its seven shepherds and eight attacks of men, and they shall encircle Azure, A-S-S-U-R, that is Antichrist, in the trench of Nimrod, that's uh, Micah 5.5 and Micah 5.6, that is the nation of the devil by the spirit of the church. So we can see definitely there's, we're, we're aiming for that right now. And of course, when he speaks about an angel, he speaks about the messenger, and uh, as you were teaching, and as a, me to a Micah, and we're te- teaching, you know, uh, that uh, messenger, they are angel, you know, like uh, the book of Malachi, you know, is talking about, you know, uh, you know that uh, in Malachi uh, uh, chapter uh, two, if I can go there, Malachi chapter two, when it says that the law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips, he walketh with me in peace and iniquity and turned many away from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge and people should seek the law from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts, and messenger here is angel. And, uh, you know, I, I teach that here, you know, and I received some <laughs> strange email and all that, that we're not angel, what do you think was going on there, you know, what is that, you know. Trying to teach, you know, the people that angel are messenger, and that no way in the book of Revelation right now, that when it talks about the messenger, Blowing the trumpet, you know, like, you know, you made my mouth a trumpet, you know, in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So the messenger of true people was going to sound and blow the trumpet. And man, it's going to be something else, you know, to see. And that's where we're heading for right now. You, we are in the system of the Antichrist versus the system of the kingdom of God that God is establishing through his priesthood. Mm-hmm. It's truly remnant who is going to establish his kingdom on earth, you know. Amen. You know, uh, Revelation 10, 7 says, this is the seventh angel is about to sound. The mystery of God would be finished Mm -hmm. as declared by his servants, the prophets. So the mystery of God has to be declared by the prophet, which must be an angel, which is a theology Mm -hmm. in the early church. The early church clearly believed that those prophetic voices at the end of the age and at the beginning of the church age were were messengers or angels. Jesus even calls John yep. the Baptist his messenger who would prepare the way before him. Yep. That word messenger in the Greek is the word anglios or angel. So yep. the Lord is sending messengers to bring a message at the end of the age. And what are they bringing the message? They're bringing a message of a fallen away religious system. Yeah. And they're bringing a message to come out of her, my people. So he's, there, there's people that are being called out of that religious system. 
1 John 2, 18 says this, little children is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know it is the last hour. They went out from us. They went out from us. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this spirit of Antichrist is in the church. It is a Absolutely. spirit that comes against the anointing of God. It comes against the prophetic messengers of God and the apostolic teachers mm-hmm. of God. These are people that the Lord is getting ready to deal with that are in his religious system. That's when you read Victorinus. He is saying exactly that, that God mm-hmm. is coming to deal with that spirit that is in his church. It's also talked about in the book of Joel. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, Joel talks about this same exact event. How that, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, verse 11, the Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for strong is the one who execute his word. For the day of the Lord is great and terrible, who can endure it? And then he goes on, to talk about, uh, he's talking about his army, right? Uh, verse mm-hmm. 7, he says, they run like mighty men. They climb uh, the walls like yeah. men of war. They they are mm-hmm. marching in formation, and they do not bring, break rank. So God says that his mm-hmm. army is being used in order to prepare people. They are people of war. Well, that's why we have the sword of the spirit, right? But yeah. then... In chapter 20, uh, verse 25 of Joel 2, it says this, for I will restore to you, and that comes into the prophecy of Elijah coming at the end of the age, Matthew 17, Jesus said, for Elijah will come and restore all things. So Joel 22 is talking about the ministry of Elijah, which the early church taught would be used in order to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, because that's how far away the church would be from Christ. Jesus calls it the great falling away. We can read it all through the New Testament. The church was all asleep. The church didn't have oil, Mm -hmm. all these different things, right? Well, if you don't have oil, the word Christ means anointed one or one who has oil. So if I don't have oil, that Mm -hmm. makes me an antichrist, right? So I will restore to you Mm -hmm. that the years of the swarming locust have eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent amongst you. So there's an army coming to destroy this locust army, which God says was his people also. So literally, and we read that in the parable of the, uh, the parable, the wedding feast, you know, it, it's saying it all through the new Testament. And the Lord is trying to wake up his church to say, Hey, do you understand what I'm trying to see, speak to you? Have you really, uh, are you really uh, my children? Matthew 22, verse 1, and Jesus spoke to them again in parables and said this, the kingdom of heaven shall be like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. Well, that king is the father and that son is Jesus, right? And sent out his servants, my servants, the prophets, sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. Now, if you look at the word invited, it speaks about those mm-hmm. that are the church. It's the word for ecclesia. It's, it's the root of the word ecclesia, being his church yeah. was invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. It's his church 
that doesn't want to come to the wedding. Again, he sent out his servants saying, tell those who were invited, see, I have prepared uh, my dinner, my ox, my fatted cattle are killed and all are ready come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, those prophetic voices, treated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard of it, he was furious and he sent his armies. He sent his armies, destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. And he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. The church wasn't worthy. The religious system wasn't worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you can find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all those they found, both bad and good, to the wedding, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. So if all those were invited were the world, why would the Lord send and the Lord destroy them? Why would he go a second time into the world and do it again? Clearly, the first time is the religious system. Those that were invited, they were not worthy. So the Lord got his servants to go get the final harvest. And I believe that's where we're at. I believe we're in the season. It's now time Mm -hmm. to go get that second harvest. Absolutely. And you know what? The word chosen uh, there, according to uh, Psychopedia of Biblical Theology, uh, it's Bakor, you know, it's a single out from others to some honorable service of station. So chosen means this warriors are such as are picked up, uh, picked out as the most valiant and skill, skill, skillful in an army or as best adapted to some special and momentous enterprise. So these chosen people, they're going to be skilled. They're, they're going to be warrior. So, you know, many are called, but, you know, few are chosen. Few Amen. are those warriors that God is going to pick them up, you know. You know, they got, they, he's going to pick those uh, valiant and skillful people. You know, he's going to uh, form them and all that, you know, that they're going to become that, you know. And that's exactly a little bit of the same thing as getting an army, you know. Amen. He says, oh, they were about like 30,000. After that, they cut him off, you know, about 10,000. It says, okay, cut him off, and that's it, 300 people, because yep. they were vain. They yep. were, you know, uh, 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 drinking the water and looking, you know, if there's an enemy coming up. So Amen. that's the same thing that those chosen people, they're going to be warrior, valiant, skillful, it's going to be a big army, and God is going to use them mightily. You know, that, that, that same, par- you know, about, well, the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. We know the chosen is the remnant. It's not the church. It's a yep. remnant that comes out yep. of the church. That's why the book of Revelation says, come yep. out of her, my people. Verse 11 yep. of Matthew 22, talking about that same wedding, but when the king came to see the guest, he saw a man there who, do not have on, who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said mm-hmm. to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to him, bind him hand and foot, take him out, and cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called and few are chosen. So the chosen ones, right, they're the ones that have on the wedding mm-hmm. garments. Well, the book of Revelation tells us that the bride 
she wears a garment of fine linen, which is for the righteous acts of the saints. Mm -hmm. So the wedding garment is a garment of fine linen, and it is for right righteousness or right understanding. And we also know yeah. that the garment of fine linen was worn by the high priest. So meaning mm -hmm. everybody that comes to the wedding, according to Jesus in Matthew 22 and John in the book of Revelation, must be wearing high priestly garments or they must be wearing Absolutely. right understanding. And that's what the Lord's calling us to, right understanding, being prepared and getting others prepared. Yeah, that's the kingdom, uh, the, the kingdom of priesthood, you know. Amen. And, you know, at the end of that, uh, well, in, in verse 12, at the end of verse 12, when it says that uh, that, that man, you know, who didn't have, you know, uh, the garment, yeah. it says that that man, his mouth were closed. Yes. So he didn't have the language. He didn't have the language of the mystery. He couldn't have talked that language. Yeah, he was speechless. So, yes, you know. So that's that's the the, the the thing that God is is looking for. You know, the people to have you know the same language of the mystery of the kingdom reveal. It's a little bit of the reverse of uh, you know Babel. You know, yeah, they were all you know in one mind and they were speaking the same language, but they was they were, they were wrong in what they were doing. So the same thing as, you know, of today, we have to speak the same language that God wants us to speak, that Amen. God will make us one uh, in him, in Christ, that will be his body, and is going to be the head of, our, of his body, the body of Christ. Well, you see that the book of Revelation has mystery Babylon. It means they're babbling. They don't know what they're talking about. That's what the word Babel means. Yeah. But in the upper room, they were all in one accord. That means they all spoke the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. today we have Amen. a bunch of different churches saying a bunch of different things. And they're babbling. Exactly. At they're, they're mystery Babylon. She's the mother of all those churches. She's the mother of all yep. harlots. The Lord's trying to bring us back to that. So long you have 30 seconds, brother. What do you see coming? <laughs> well, there will be a generation of the sons of golden oil. And those are the two lampstands, you know, and the two olive trees in Zechariah 4 in Revelation chapter 11. They constantly flow with the oil of the anointing, the lampstand representing their continual walk in the fullness of the sevenfold spirit. And they will be typified by the mantle of Moses and Elijah uh, the two cents of Jesus met, you know, on the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke chapter 9. So when he showed the brilliance of his manifest glory, Moses and Elijah represent the Spirit and the Word, and this is the generation who will walk in the Spirit and the fullness of his Word enable them to ascend high like none of their predecessors before them. If you enjoyed today's podcast, partner with us by heading to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Your financial gift helps the Voice of Healing Radio bring revelation to God's kingdom and to the nations. Have a testimony or prayer request? Call us at 1-877-440-3737. That's 1-877-440-3737. Or send us an email at radio at voh.church. And don't forget to add VOH Radio 
on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for your current updates. This is the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petrone.